When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. To a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey and James McKenzie to talk about Celtic 3, Athletic Club of Bilbao 2. Better second hand, Kevin McCluskey, what was your thoughts? Well, absolutely. Aye, I think I ripped us to bits uh, at the start of the half-time broadcast because uh, that first half performance was not up to standard but the second second was really impressive, I thought. Um might look at that and being it's the second string team and you could put a case forward that an athletic club are a wee bit behind us in their preparations, but I'm not going to use that. I think it was a really good second half from us. I thought Bernabeu was was brilliant. I thought Yang was impressive on the right. Really impressed by what he did. Oh, home, Turnbull, O'Reilly. A lot of positives throughout the team from that second half. It was a really big performance. Um... Rogers has probably got a few questions to answer now as to who starts the game against Ross County at the weekend. Well, you know, again, obviously, James and I watched the game together, Kevin, so a lot of the discussion points we've been talking about this, and um, I think there are a number of performances in that second half, individual performances, that are worth noting, because um, as Chancellor says tonight, James, Celtic version 2.0, a huge improvement, and they were. In that second half, what do you think um, the the main reason for that that was? No, I mentioned it to yourself when we were watching the game. The I think it was the change in midfield, the midfields, and how sort of slack everything was in the first half was our main criticism of the team. And you bring on a couple of really technically sound players like Matt O'Reilly, David Turnbull, then everything was just effortless. Going from defence to attack, it was so smooth. Some of the sort of intricate 
passages of play were absolutely brilliant. And I mentioned I wanted to see Oden Holm during the half-time show, and I definitely saw him in that second half. I thought he was really good when he came on. There's a couple of players there who had been written off last season, like David Turnbull or Alexandro Bernabe, who could be in for something this so this season, there's a couple of players who really impressed and we'll definitely get onto a couple more of them. Let's start off with home then. Uh, Kevin, I think at halftime we spoke about the area just in front of the central defence that seemed to be exposed, even though we were playing with the, the kind of two defensive midfielders in there, the two pivots, the double pivot, something that was maybe a nod towards how we're going to be playing in Europe, perhaps, Kevin. Um, a lot of the time, I don't think we're going to have to do that domestically, but it didn't work in the first half. Second half, a big part of it working for me was the fact that home, uh, that was his area, that was his domain, and he and he guarded it, and he, he looks like a, a tough tackling wee midfielder who's great at winning back possession. I thought he played really well in that second half. Yeah, I thought he was excellent in the half. Um, but there was a point that James made at half-time that maybe kind of went under the radar a wee bit. Um, we started to do our best things when the players went back into their old positions from last season. Like Callum McGregor dropping back and being the six, uh, kind of on his own. And Quan pushing forward a wee bit. Taylor did his best work when he was inverting rather than being up and down the line. So from that starting team, there was a few questions there that you go... How are they fitting into how Rogers wants to play? And then second half, he's changed it all around. Holmes come in, and I thought he was I thought he was brilliant. We can talk about O'Reilly and his intricate passing. You can talk about Turnbull, and he's got the goal, and they'll get the headlines because it's the fancy stuff. I think Holmes is going to be a big, big player for us this season. I like the way that he looks. Is that way that he he reads the game well? So you see, he's a pretty tough tackler. He's progressive with the ball. He wants to drive forward with it, play the forward pass. I thought he was really good, really impressive. So, you know, from the first 45, we were a wee bit doom and gloom about some of the players. I think second 45, we're going to be talking up quite a few players because that was, was a good half of football. It was, it was. And you spoke, James, about the, you know, the technical ability of players like O'Reilly and Turnbull. It's never been in doubt for a player like David Turnbull, even though, you know, I suggested that he might be leaving the club this pre-season based primarily on the fact that, you know, his game time compared to the first season under Ange, his game time in season two just wasn't there. He didn't play as pivotal a role on the Celtic side. But, you know, one thing that's never been in doubt is is his technical ability. So when you start playing that fast, intricate football that we did and what, which crafted out the two goals in the second half, guys like Turnbull and O'Reilly do, do that naturally. They do it without thinking. And it's a joy to watch. Yeah, I thought it was went a bit understated for what Riley was doing that second half. It was was his defensive work. I mean, we know his defensive qualities because we saw him fill in for Cal McGregor during the first part of last season in that defensive role. And he's shown the man of match against Shakhtar in the Champions League. I always hark back to that playing in that defensive role. And he was doing some good defensive work today as well. I thought he was cutting out a lot of the Bilbao attacks before they could even really get going. Before they could even get past stage one of their attacks, he had the likes of Matt O'Reilly or even one of the wingers just sort of harrying them and stopping them from getting forward. And Brendan Rodgers mentioned how he wants to play sort of an even more aggressive style of what Andrew's doing in the first place. And I think that might be what he was meaning. You saw the press from the strikers. You saw the press from the wingers. They weren't allowed to get past stage one of their attack. And I think that's sort of what Brendan Rodgers 
has been going for. And I thought Matt Ray was really good. He was kind of doing what McGregor was doing in the first half and just dictating a lot of the play. I think that the change in midfield was the real sort of switch in the game that turned it in our favour. I think you're right. Now, David Turnbull, let's talk a wee bit about him, Kevin, then, because when obviously we went for him at that point, he was one of the most sought-after young footballers in Scottish football. Uh, we know that there was obviously the, the issue with his injury that came up through the medical. It was a long-awaited comeback, both for the player and for Celtic, You know, going back in from a year after he had been pictured in the Celtic boardroom wearing the jersey, if you remember. And, and then when he gets going, it's during a season under Neil Lennon where... You know, it's not great. And he's pulled in, I think it was in the game against Lille, alongside Connor Hazard and Smile Sorrow, young Ewan Henderson. And sometimes when there's a freshness like that, the players can thrive. And they did that night. And he played really well for the rest of that season. I'd need to double-check this. I'm pretty sure he won a young player of the year. Now, when you go into the season after that, under Ange Postacoglu, um, he was picked every single time he was fit, up until that injury in the semi-final of the League Cup. And then the next thing that happens is, you know, we bring in two midfielders who really, you know, don't take time to settle in Hitati and O'Reilly. And Turnbull's career since then has been a bit stop-start. And that led me to suggest this pre-season that he might be on his way out. Um, but with the caveat that, you know, there might be one or two of the players that Brendan Rodgers will save. And I think I'd need to double-check that blog without giving myself too much credit. But I thought Turnbull was maybe part of that caveat. Where, where does he stand for you? Because he's at that stage now where if he doesn't go now, he goes into the last year of his contract next pre-season and there's no real value to the player. And when you see him tonight, the value is in him playing rather than selling him. Yeah, um, he's a tough one. He's a conundrum, is David Turnbull. Uh, I've been pretty critical of him, I think, over the last year, 18 months probably, because I never saw how he truly fitted into Angie's system. I thought he was too slow and laborious in the ball. I just didn't see mm. him fitting. I think he played every game at first because we had no other midfield options. Um, and then as soon as Ange got his second transfer window and he signed two midfielders, he came in or they came in and he was out of the team. I know he had injuries, but he had 18 months to get back in the team and he never made it. So I was, I'm of the opinion he's a very talented player, but I didn't see him fitting in Ange's system. And had he gone earlier on in this transfer window, I probably wouldn't have shed any tears about him. So he would have been on my list of players to go. Mm-hmm. With the similar caveat that Rogers has worked wonders with players in the past, the boy that I'd mentioned, um, oh, must have been during the Marinos game at halftime, that he'd done it with was um, Armstrong, who I think yeah. are taking a similar midfield players. Players that you would look at and you go, there's no... There's nothing that makes him stand out in particular, but then they score a goal and Turn- Turnbull's got that in him. And I think I think maybe Rodgers could be the right manager for him. So it's a huge season for him. It's a huge six months for him. I think he's got mm-hmm. up until January to earn a place in the first team. If he doesn't, for the good of his own career, he's probably got to move. And by then he'll have a really good chance to become a first team player. But if he can... If he can get in and nail a place down, Rodgers, I think, will improve him. And we'll see we'll see the player that he's always threatened to be since we first signed him. Yeah, I mean, he came on against uh, Marinos, James, and he scores a goal. And, and he's done that a few times, like Kevin says. Sometimes he reminds you that he's there. 
by scoring a goal or doing something brilliant like that, uh, an assist or, or a strike himself. And then, you know, he was rewarded by getting the, the jersey in the, the follow-up game against Gamba Asaka, which was remembered for Burnaby, who will come back to, by the way. And uh, there was a moment, certainly in that game, where Turnbull played a pass and I, I looked at him and I had to watch the replay to make sure it was him because it was it was sublime. He picked it up at halfway line and on the turn, you know, he played a bad end down the right wing. And when he when he came on to tonight, I just felt that you know we've seen a we've seen a kind of maturity in David Turnbull that due to the fact that he's been in and out of the side, we've not seen enough of that. But as Kevin states, you know, once you get up to that semi final stage of the League Cup this season, that's two years down the line. From when he made, you know, he got injured in the in the semi final against St Johnson, it was, wasn't it? So I think that, um, you know, it is a massive six months. But if anyone can improve, uh, David Turnbull, um, it will be Brendan Rodgers under his tutelage, under his watchful eye. And there's a few other players in that second half that, uh, you know, Burnaby is one of them. Who, again, many people had written him off, and I was saying that we need to improve the left back position. Uh, you know, I wasn't saying we need to improve Greg Taylor per se. It's just that if we're bringing in a left back, it needs to be better than the the you know the guy that's actually backing up Greg Taylor, and that was Burnaby. What's he done this preseason to change your mind, James? I thought he's been looking a lot better going forward. He's not really been tested defensively. I think Bilbao didn't really have much to offer going forward in that second half because, as I mentioned, we're stopping the attacks before they could even get past the first stage. The midfielders really cancelled everything out. So I don't really have much to say about most of the defence. I thought Staff Elton Skills have really had nothing to do, but Benabe was doing a lot of the work going forward. The the crossfield pass to Yang, which Yang probably should have scored. It would have been a great moment, Yang getting a goal on his Celtic Park debut and it would have been an amazing assist for Bernabe, but he really started the attack that led to his goal as well. He makes a driving run into the box in the first place. Um, it's O'Reilly and Turnbull that link up well. Then Bernabe ties an auto, he puts it into the back of the net. And I thought just some of the passing play going forward, Abada, he doesn't like the ball to feet. So Bernabe was giving him the pass, he was what he was giving him the ball over the top to allow him to just use his raw pace to get behind the defender rather than having to take him on. So I thought Bernabe. He looked really good. His passing was just so much slicker, which was one of the sort of main criticisms that you would have of Bernabe. Imagine you're in the stands that actually have to give me misplaces the pass off. Oh, for God's sake, Bernabe is the crowd. There's the chant that comes from around the crowd. So I thought he was a lot more solid today. They showed a lot more sort of different aspects to his game. And just on Turnbull, he was, he was so solid today. I thought anytime I've had something to say about Turnbull potentially leaving Celtic, it's never been about me doubting the quality he has. It's only been about the his sort of aspirations for his own career. It's mm-hmm. always been about him breaking his Scotland squad. He's not really going to break into this Celtic midfield because, the, as Paul mentioned, it was O'Reilly and Hattati coming into the team whilst Turnbull was injured that sort of had him out of the team. The, those guys were so settled that there wasn't really a chance for Turnbull to really break up the midfield because... I'm going to have to disagree with what Kevin said. I don't think Turnbull was starting the first six months just because he was the only midfielder there. I thought he performed really well. I'm pretty sure his numbers, his goal contributions were pretty decent as well. He sort of just carried on what he'd been doing in that first season. And I hope he can have sort of a revitalisation, which seems like it's the main phrase going around, as Kevin mentioned, with Stuart Armstrong, players like that. 
those are the players that Rogers really developed and O'Reilly and Turnbull are really of a similar mould to that type of player. Matt O'Reilly was one player that I pinpointed as someone who could really take his game to another level under Brendan Rogers, and he was the main man. Everything was flowing through Matt O'Reilly today, but another player that I myself pinpointed when Rogers first came in was, oh, I thought he could be in for big things. He's the type of player that Brendan Rogers likes. He's a, a very similar mold to the type of striker that Rogers likes to deploy, but he really showed his energy levels as well. We all know he's a very mm. good technical player. He's a good finisher, but his energy levels were crazy. I remember we saw, I mentioned to Paul, we saw um, it was at a right-back position. Someone was back fighting and winning the ball. I thought it was Yang. It turns out O had darted all the way to right-back to dispossess their player. He was all over the place. I never realised how sort of unselfish he is. Some of the off-the-ball work he does really goes sort of understated and it was really good work from him to find Turnbull for that third goal as well. Turnbull takes up some really good space. Yang and Ralston link up well down that side. The, row, the hole's up, but the pass is even better. It's, I think he has two defenders closing him down. He picks out Turnbull in a perfect position to make it just a tap-in. How often have we seen a striker in that position trying to get the shot on himself um, and there's a sea of bodies in front of him, but you're right, he holds it up and he plays uh, the ball into Turnbull. It was a great, it was a great piece of play. Um, and just before that, actually just after that, the pass to Yang. Remember the pass across fields to Yang was just outstanding across uh, to the second half. So O is another one, I think, that, you know, I think we've seen the quality of him, Kevin, at the tail end of Angie's time at the club. Loads of promise. He offers something different to um, Kyogo. We also spoke in the first half, uh, sorry, sec- during the second half, James and I, about what he offered that is different from Yakimakis. There was a moment, I thought Yakimakis was great at holding the ball up. You know, he was, he did that Sammy thing where the ball stuck to him. He, he was a great out ball at times. But, you know, uh, primarily Yakimakis was all about getting the ball in the final third and having a strike and scoring a goal. And, you know, that, that incredible start when he scored his first 20 goals, I think he touched the ball 22 times. Uh, and the lead up to those goals kind of thing, he was a one-touch striker. But what you've seen from O tonight, he was holding the ball up, but in the same movement, trying to, you know, take the ball into space. He was filled a couple of times. And I just think that we've seen something really promising tonight from, from O. He was really firing. Um, and that will move us on to uh, his countryman, Yang. I think we were disappointed in the first half with Quan. He was losing possession far too often. Yang comes on and he looks like a completely different level altogether, Kevin. Listen, I know he's only played a couple of games as a sub, but he was very impressive, I felt, in the second half. Linked up well with Alston as well. Yeah, he did. Um, and to go back to O, first of all, I think... I rated him last season. I thought he looked a really good player, really strong in the ball, um, and a good kind of penalty box striker. And he showed that with these these goals to minutes. I know he was coming on later on in games, and you know you can make the argument playing against tired defenses, but he looked a promising player. I thought tonight, as James has said, we saw so much more ease game and things that we haven't seen before. That really kind of unselfish nature and tracking back, working for the team. I actually thought, and I've got a note about this, maybe around about the hour mark or 65 minutes, that he, he was doing it too much. He was becoming, he was too unselfish. He was dropping too deep just to get involved in the game. And then there was no one making the runs into the space that he'd left behind. We never had a centre forward. And then he goes away and plays that pass out wide to Yang. 
and you just say, aye, he knows what he's doing, this boy. He's a player. Uh, and he's set up play for the for Turnbull's goal as well. That's what he's all about. Jack Yamakis was a great penalty box strike and he'd sniff out a chance, one touch and score it, but he would never set up that goal. And that's the difference. That's the different thing that all brings to us. I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do for us in a full season. Um, but Yang, the guy that you actually asked me about there, really impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he uh, yes, Joe Pirlo has now gone out for the night. Sorry, I'm just reading the comments there. Joe Fulham's asking about Pirlo. He's gone out now. He's, he's had enough. Um, aye, Yang, really impressed by him. Every time he got the ball, he wanted to make something happen. And it it almost, as a winger, it almost doesn't matter if it doesn't happen every time. It's the fact that he never gave up. He tried to take his man on. If he lost the ball, the next time he got it, he'd take him on and, and beat him. He'd try something. Um Aye, I think I think he's a player. I think we found someone there, and as well, Peter Grant mentioned this during the commentary. There was things that he was doing off the ball that weren't being noticed by teammates. Runs he was making, mm. similar to you'd say Kyogo last season, he'd be making those yeah. runs. No one was playing the pass. Yang was doing the same thing, and even if he's not getting the pass, he's pulling a defender out with him and he's creating space for someone else. I think he's a really clever player and another one that. Scouting team has got to, you know, at the moment, get a bit of credit for picking him out. No, they, they do. They absolutely do. Work as well, Yang. Even he was out helping Anthony Ralston. Often when Ralston was getting challenged on his own, he looked a bit like, right, where's Yang coming back to help me out? Uh, Liam Carrigan mentioned quite a few times about how the K League is a lot more physical than the J League. But we, we've seen that from some of the players that were brought in. Oh, really likes to put himself about. Yang was getting stuck in doing the defensive work. It seems like. Could have a couple of gems in our hands. I know. It's going to be great to see them and how they develop as the season goes on. I'm going to be asking you guys, so prepare yourself about some of the starting positions for Saturday based on tonight. What a difference 45 minutes makes in the world of Celtic because at halftime, there was a bit of doom and gloom, as Kevin McCluskey said, and that was because it was a poor first half. The passing, the, the you know, the possession was really poor. We're losing the ball far too often and uh, we're giving away, you know, really, really soft goals. And I think in the second half, it was a completely different beast. So it's going to be a hybrid of the two teams, uh, the first half and the second half teams. And I'm just going to be pinpointing a few of the positions, guys, um, and asking your opinions on them. And we might get some surprising um, opinions from you as well. David Boyle, welcome to the show. You are watching on YouTube like almost 1,400 others, which is an incredible turnout for um, an evening game. Obviously, it was an incredible turnout at Celtic Park as well for James Forrest's testimonial taking off in 49 minutes. That was about the only exhibitionist part. I keep saying exhibitionist, uh, which, you know, it's probably not the right word. That's the only thing that reminded us of the kind of exhibition games of the past, Kevin. Um, and one I noted that we didn't mention at halftime was... Alan Shearer's testimonial at St James's Park where a penalty was given that was never a penalty and Shearer took it and it was just all about, well, you know, tonight was nothing like that. It was, a, it was a real competitive edge tonight. Aye, that very game, and I don't know why that came into my mind at some point as well, is the one that put me off testimonials for ages <laughs> because it was so contrived and I was... Uh, I know what it's like. We're after the watershed, so I'm going to say it. This one, I was pissed off at Celtic for that. I know. Yeah. I know we don't swear, but there you go. Um, I I was pissed off at Celtic for that. We don't do that. We play these games to win. No, 
I wouldn't have an it. I was very Celtic don't. You're right. Celtic don't play friendlies. That, that's a quote from Jock. Yeah, you play this game to win it. And we did that tonight. I was actually, you know, I was pleased with how we went out. There was an intent that we wanted to win the game. The first half, we went up to it. Whatever the system was, or however we tried to play it, we just it was the wrong one for that for that game. He's changed it in the second half because he didn't want to lose the game. The players that have come on have got a point to prove. Those places in the team up for grabs at the weekend. And yeah, a few of them have probably, as I said at the start, given Rogers a, a real question now as to who starts in certain positions. Yeah, and I'll be asking you and James the questions. Absolutely. <laughs> David Boyle, Rogers showing us what Ange didn't do. System change in home O'Reilly, double pivot, rock solid. Benaby showing us what Greg cannot give us. Well, that's going to be one of the positions we're going to look at. Benaby has given us something to think about. Um and Last word on the point, but it comes in from Papa Fran, the scan soul man. Brilliant, Papa. Papa Fran, <laughs> the scan soul man. That is superb. The North Curve disrespected a lifelong Celt tonight. They could have arranged that protest at another time on the match. Better half, second half shown. Yes, it does leave, you know, it's really the only big disappointment of the night, James. I don't want to labour it. You know, because the important thing was James Forrest had the night he deserved and the second half gave us a, a little bit of positivity that we didn't really have at half time. Uh, but yeah, that that was the uh, the blot in the copybook tonight, wasn't it? The uh, the protest. Yeah, you didn't really want to see it. Apologies if you can hear something in the background. It appears that motorbikes decided to go rev outside the Axom studio. But um, it was quite disappointing to see. You would have loved to see the game year out of 10 and some sort of T4 or something for James Forrest considering how long he's been at the club about over a decade at the club I don't think the boys were there either in their usual position the fans were still able to sort of keep the noise levels going anyway it wasn't too noticeable a drop off I think in the second half especially I thought the fans still had the noise levels going as expected but it's not really what you want to see. You'd imagine if they've not showed up here, I think someone in the comments mentioned that they, they might not have wanted to have done a protest at this game. So if if there's going to be some sort of demonstration or some sort of message to the club on Brendan Rodgers, it might be the first game of the season. Just keep the eyes out for that one. It might be something to watch out for. Yeah, and again, that would be unfortunate because... The first game of the season is Flag Day, which, you know, there is a, a real importance on that. It's something to be celebrated. You don't want the shine to be taken off tonight's game. You also don't want the shine to be taken off Saturday's game. Guys, uh, buckle yourselves in because I'm going to be asking you your opinions on starters for Saturday. But I'm also keen to get some of the views of uh, those listening tonight. 14, in fact, almost 1,500 strong. Incredible turnout. Thank you all for getting involved. If you want to make a comment, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel on, on YouTube. Uh, Jay Keen has done that. CCV was amazing for a man who just had an op. He was my man of the match. You do always worry about that, don't you? Um, how long it's going to take them. Um, if there's any uncertainty, if there's any, uh, you know, movement issues, because sometimes it takes them a while to get the, the proper crispness and the turn and all that. I've never seen any of that from Carter Vickers in the second half. The first half, rather. Pinball. Turnbull and O'Reilly should be giving their own games together. OK, so we'll be asking the guys straight off the bat then. Midfield, I'm going to start with yourself, Kevin McCluskey. Uh, what we've seen tonight was we've seen a game of two halves, as uh, Jimmy Greaves used to say. Um, and unfortunately, the second half, unfortunately for some of the performers in the first, the second half was much better. Um, but I would expect a hybrid of the first and second halves. 
to be married up for Saturday's game. Who do you pick? Because, listen, I love Hatate. He is, for me, a sensational player who could really take his career to another level. He scored a goal tonight that was just tremendous, uh, but he had a poor game over the piece. He's possession- he didn't keep possession well enough. We know he's he's one of the finest players at the football club. Does he keep the jersey, though? Kevin, how, how does Brennan Rodgers play this for Saturday? How Kevin McCluskey? You're on, you're on the spot. You're on. You're on the spot. I yes, the spot. I am on the spot. And how Kevin McCluskey would play this on Saturday in the midfield, kind of based on tonight and history from last season. Home as my holding midfielder, I thought he was really good tonight. Really impressive. Moving Callum up one into an eight, and I'd keep with Hatati in the midfield because I know. Excuse me, I know he was off it today. Um, most of my first half notes about him are all pretty poor. He got the goal in the first half and he's done that for us in many games. He's, I don't like him sitting deep and that's when he makes his mistakes or when he makes his mistakes, that's when we get hurt. When he plays further forward, he can be the risk player, the risk taker because... Domestically, in any case, if he loses the ball up there, we're going to win it back nine times out of ten before it's going to hurt us. I don't see him... I'd probably not play him in Europe this season. There you go. I would change the team around and take him out for those games. I don't think he's suited to Europe at the moment, which is bold. Bold. And I'll get slated probably for that, almost as much as all my other comments earlier on. um, Imagine, imagine, honestly, comparing Berbatov to Haksapanovic, Kevin. What were you thinking? Um, I must have been on something that day. (laughs) So, are we talking home? Home is your six, McGregor is your eight, Hatate is a ten? Hatate is my ten, yep. Right, okay. Um, Now, I know James is a big fan of home, and I also spoke about the first four players coming into the building being, you know, guys who would bolster the squad, not first picks, not, you know, straight in as starters. But, I mean, that all kind of hinges on the performances, both of the players who already are considered starters and then of these squad players once they come in. Home did play very well. We know what Hatati O'Reilly can do. Turnbull gave a good account of himself. Callum McGregor's the captain. James, do you agree or disagree with Kevin McCluskey on that? I'm going to disagree. <laughs> James, uh, you man. <laughs> like a good 45 minutes in James Forrest's testimonial wasn't going to put home ahead of uh, a Matt O'Reilly and my Celtic starting 11 for the weekend. I'm going to go McGregor in front of the defence, Hatati O'Reilly. It's it's old reliable and it, it's never failed us for about a year and a half and I don't think it's going to fail us this season. I'd like to see home get a good half an hour though, but I thought, Matt O'Reilly, I think someone said Cameron Carter-Vickers was their man of the match. I think Matt O'Reilly was my man of the match. thought he was really solid in that second half. I think he's got to be in the team. It would be McGregor, Hitati and O'Reilly for me. Listen, I, I'm, I'm not just saying this to have a dig at you, Kevin, but I agree with James with honourable mentions for Home and Turnbull, who played very, very well in the second half. But I do think that our best midfield, I've said it before, and you know what I've seen in the last couple of games hasn't changed my mind about Atati. I still think that he's a player who could take it to completely different levels. Um, you know, once inevitably he gets this big money move that maybe he's eyeing and, and I'm pretty sure there's loads of clubs interested. I would go McGregor, Hatati, O'Reilly. But, you know, you know from the last couple of games, home and, and Turnbull, if, if called upon, you know what they can do. 
Uh, and I, I think there's a big season for both of those players. I'm going to ask the same question here about a couple of the areas of the defence, and I'll start with yourself, Kevin McCluskey. Anybody in the 1500 or so who are tuning in who agree or disagree with any of these, let us know your thoughts in the comments section. Who should be starting on Saturday? I'm going to start with the centre-half positions then, Kevin. We know that you've got that tried-and-tested partnership of Carter Vickers, who's back, and Starfelt, um, who played in the second half. Um, however, We've spent fairly big money. It's a fairly big investment for Celtic on a new centre-half who played the first half tonight in Novroski. Who do you start with on Saturday? Kevin McCluskey. Uh, I go with the tried and tested for that one. That's Carter Vickers and Starfelt for me. They've done it for the last two seasons. Um, yeah, I'll do it. If Carter Vickers is fit, he plays every week. That's what James said at the start and totally agree with that. Navrocki, I think he's going to um, be a good player for us as the season goes on. He'll be a big player as it goes on. But I like Starfield as well. And I think um, he's definitely got more match practice behind him in the pre-season as well. So I'd probably rather have him in than have two centre-backs who've only played 45 minutes of pre-season football with us. And you keep yeah. that partnership from last season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What about yourself, James? Do you agree with that? Also, also, sorry, they, they can guide the young home in front of them who's playing number six. <laughs> in that gap, yeah, that was wide <laughs> open in the first half. Absolutely. James, what, what's your take on it? See, this is where I completely contradict myself on the tried and tested midfield. And <laughs> I go Cameron Carter-Vickers <laughs> and Mike Navroski as my centre-back. But the only sort of big change I would make in the defence if you want to call it that I'd have Taylor as my left back because I think what he'd done last season yeah, I don't think he's had a particularly poor pre-season again I don't really like to look too much into it the only change I'd probably make is put Anthony Ralston at right back I think people really like to panic when they see Ralston in the starting lineup, but Anthony Ralston is more than capable of playing a solid 90 minutes at home with, at home with Ross County I think there, there's no questions about that I'd have Anthony Ralston as my right back See, that opens up another discussion, that, Kev, because I think Awata, up, up until the, you know, the, the half-time break there, he'd started every game in the pre-season. Um, I think a couple of the games in Japan, he looked, he looked pretty good. I, I spoke about my concerns about him overlapping. He seemed to start doing that over there. Um, he wasn't good tonight. He absolutely wasn't uh, that great this evening. And I've always, and I always will, stick to the point that if you've got a player who can play the position naturally, you go with him. Now, Tony Ralston's what's he played? 100 games for Celtic now. He's a natural right back. Do you agree with James? Do you play Ralston against Ross County on Saturday? In the team I've got written down in front of me, I have a water, the right it's back. All kicking Sorry, off. James. It's all kicking off. There we go. Is, me and James what? are going to fall out big time, I think, tonight. I'm going to say, as I can see, I'm going to bullying a lot in a similar way that Curtis Main did at Celtic Park at the tail end of last season. I think. Ralston, if you have a natural right back, as Paul said, you got to go with it. Yeah. What do you think I mean, in the I take, comments? I take, that no. mm-hmm. I take that argument, and it makes a lot of sense. Um, that is, Ralston Ralston's is the got a natural for right doing the incredible against Ross County as well. Yeah, yeah. he's got history there. I mean, you do ask yourself about uh, you know the link between the right back and the right winger as well, and I I did feel 
that Ralston and Yang linked up really well. You know, when you consider they've never played together, um, they linked up really well down the right hand side. Who's going to start on the right? Abada's got to start on the right hand side. Um, but again, you know, we've seen Ralston linking up with Abada. I thought they linked up really well with Ralston's overlapping runs. Something to think about. Um, left back then. Okay, so we've got Greg Taylor. We've been talking about bringing in a, a replacement or um, an additional left-back. It's been the talk of the pre-season. A lot of that's been around the rumours surrounding Kieran Tierney's return on a short-term deal, which Brennan Rogers even spoke about. Um, Burnaby, right, so written off, um, can't defend, but he's done two things in particular in this pre-season and a few other good things um, as well as that that really makes you stand up and take notice, and both of them have been goals. So, I mean, the goal he scored tonight and obviously the incredible effort over in Japan has really put him back into the reckoning, which is strange because we're talking about a left back here. Um, does it change your view on who should start the game, Kevin? Or do you stick with Greg Taylor, who has been excellent for Celtic for the last two seasons? Yeah, I'll stick with Greg Taylor at left back. I, I don't see any reason to drop him, really. Um, I was really impressed by Bernabeu in the second half and he took his goal really well uh, the whole move actually that kind of begins with him playing the pass in to Turnbull and then it's his movement off the ball to get in his space brilliant he's not a defender though so I'll I'll take one uh, that you know I'm getting it in the comments about I'd say I'd play a water you know I'll take that but um I'm not going to take it for playing Bernabeu at left back. I think he's a he's a left wing back or he's a left midfielder. He's not a full back. And Taylor gives you a bit of stability there, and he just he's just a better full back. So I think if Brendan Rodgers is going to make a big sort of curveball in this first game of the season, I think it would be at that left back position. I think if there's probably the, the closest call between two players is that left back position for me between. Taylor and Bernabe. If if Rogers is going to take a big risk or make a real statement going into the season, I think he could perhaps put Bernabe at left back. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw him at left back. To be honest, listen, I'm not going to do a Kev McCluskey, and I'm not going to like compare Chick Chandler to Zidane here, right? So I'm not comparing okay. Bernabe to Frimpong, right? However, Frimpong yeah. couldn't defend either, and he's done all right. He's done okay. But look at the team he's playing in. Come on. He's playing for Leverkusen, whose whole game is completely different. Ross County, I don't think, will have us on the back foot that often at the weekend. However, we will wait and see. These are all the questions, obviously, that will be answered about an hour before kickoff when we set up to take on Ross County on Flag Day. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. A couple of more comments before we close up for the evening. Kevin Carr, I think we keep skills in Turnbull, and the boy Yang looks like he'll definitely do a good job. I'll tell you what, uh, we spoke about the first four signings coming in. And we did say that during the season, one or two of them um, would then become that first pick because that's what happens. That's what happened to Atati. That's what happened to O'Reilly. Uh, Stevie Boy, just leaving work, speak more tomorrow. Berners go, work beautifully. Yang looks apart. Some grit in them. Yes, I thought it was a completely um, different showing in the second half. And Sean Thompson thought O played great. And Yang could be a player 
we're still raw, but something for Brennan to work with. And that's exactly what Brennan Rogers does. He can he can take a rough diamond, smooth out the edges, and uh, what comes out of that is a fantastic uh, player that, you know, we've seen him doing it at Celtic, we've seen him doing it throughout his career. He loves developing players, he spoke about it. He loves bringing in the, the young, raw talent and uh, moulding them into the player that they can become. And I'm sure there's a few of them in there that have been written off. Is he going to do it with Bernabe? Is he going to do it with Turnbull? Oh, Yang. It's exciting times to be a Celtic supporter and hopefully there are no <coughs> issues on Saturday <coughs> Excuse me, with regards to protests. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just dying over here, lads. Don't worry. Don't worry, I'm just choking to death. Um, 1,500 live. I know, he's right there. He could pass me a glass of water, but he's not going to. Um, thanks, everybody, for getting involved. If you want to be part of the discussion on the live streams, all you need to do is subscribe on the YouTube channel. And we've had 1,500 people tuning in live, which is a phenomenal turnout. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. If you want to come along and see us live, we're um, at Barrett. We're not at Barrett's, we're at uh, Don Max with Charlie McGrew and Aidan McGeady who, interestingly enough, came through the ranks together, never played together for Celtic, though, in the first team, um, unless it was maybe a friendly or something like that. But they didn't, you know, cross paths for the first team. But they will be on stage together with myself, and there's about 40 tickets available for that one in three weeks' time. If you want to come along and join us, click on the link underneath the video. All that's left for me to say, guys, is a choke to death. Kevin McCluskey and James McKenzie, thanks for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Network.